Hello, everyone, and welcome to Brands Tech. This episode will begin in just one moment, so please stay tuned. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Brands Tech. How are you all? I hope that everyone has been doing well. So over these past few weeks, I've really been looking at yeah a lot of stuff that's happened, especially with the recent Google I.O. conference not too long ago. And just around the week of May 20th. So and really with, you know, with that being said, it really came to mind the question of, how much does Google really control? Of course, today I am he, um, I'm here proud with my guest today. Carl, thank you for coming back yet again. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, man. I'm really excited about this topic. Yeah, I am sure that you are. So, so for a little background before we get, go ahead and get started with the discussion. So for a lot of Google services that are out, in particular Android and Google Chrome, both of those are proprietary systems for the most part, but with a catch. The catch is that they actually have an open source component to it. And not just even a component, but rather almost a duplicate in a sense. Whereas both of them are completely owned by Google. Um, The Google Chrome web browser is actually a proprietary version of the Chromium project, which is an open source web browser. Meanwhile, Android, which most people associate with Google, is actually based off of the Android open source project, also owned, well, managed by Google and the Open Handset Alliance. And so what's interesting about this is that both of them, both the proprietary and the open source versions, both have rather large bases. And so the question is, how much of this would really increase Google's control. So, Carl, what are your some of your thoughts about this? Uh, you know, I've heard about the stuff with Google before having so much say in, in stuff. And I think it, it, it's cool, but it's also kind of scary that they own so much. I mean, gr- granted, Google isn't really what we think of. It's uh, I, I don't know exactly what the corporation above it is. I'm pretty Alphabet. sure you know. Alphabet. Yeah, it's, it, it's Alphabet, basically. That, that's what I associate Google with at this point. But even then, Google owns a lot of extra stuff underneath it. And, you know, they have their they have their fingers in a lot of things i think it's it's cool others are open source i i always thought that android was google's and i always thought that google chrome was google's i mean they are but at the same time it's all based on an open source project and i think that that's cool interesting weird but cool yeah and you know for years i had always thought about it as you know the big big companies such as apple and then microsoft to an extent as well you know they are like the big names that you know in terms of proprietary software you know where their software is locked down essentially and for those of you who are who have no clue what we're talking about here proprietary software means that only the companies who developed or made it or those with permission are allowed to modify it or make changes to it whereas open source means that for the most part anyone is allowed to alter it or change it or make it their own with yeah w- with some caveats though because at yes. times it's it, 
at, at times it's more of uh, Linux, for example, is a really big one. It's all about there's multiple different flavors and everybody wants to do things themselves. And depending on how big your group is for that developer of that specific flavor of Linux, you have all these subgroups that go through and go through all the requested changes and all. And the point is, it can be very intricate or it can be really simple, the changes and things you want to do, depending on what you're trying to do with open source project. Yes, that is very true. There are always those interesting caveats, but for the most part, it's a lot more accessible and legal than um, editing proprietary software without permission for the most part. But yeah, what's interesting though, is that, you know, I had always thought of Google, you know, as, yeah, as a really, I don't know, almost like the leader of the open source. I mean, not to discredit the Linux foundation, but more so in the sense that they are a large company but that also promotes open source projects but it didn't hit me until recently that you know with google's name attached to so many open source projects while you know while they are still open source at the same time google the company still has almost full control in the sense that they're the ones that make the significant edits that really push the systems forward so in a sense it's almost where google's leading the open source projects and the proprietary ones. Yeah, I think that's that's a viable opinion. I mean, if we think about it, I, I don't like, I don't know. I mean, the people that have the most say in something always tend to get what they want, right? So the only way I can think of this is just like, I, I don't know. The, the way you said it was pretty good. I think that they have the most, I think Google has the most manpower and are able to edit things really, really easily because of their significance and how many can, how many users they pull because of who they are and how big they are and how big their name is and everything else associated with Google. They're able to pull so many more people and they really bring the big hitters. They bring the big numbers and users to those open source platforms. Yeah, that is very true. And also another thing that I note too is we actually mentioned this in the previous podcast episode about Microsoft, but that you know, even for them, you know, Microsoft for their browser, Microsoft Edge, they now use Chromium's base as yeah as as for their for their web browser, and what that means is that really while it is Microsoft's browser, they're using Google's base, and so you know even thinking about the internet going forward, really it's up to now Google for the most part to decide how the future of internet should be, as Google Chrome has the largest base of any web browser, and with many of its competitors using Google's you know, Google's base essentially, you know, eliminating half their comp the real competition, essentially competing with themselves in a sense. Yeah, I think that's that's a very good point. And in my opinion, that's scary. I'm not going to go into the reasons why, but you can look it up if you really want to. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's cool. It's scary, though. I think they're personally, I think they're becoming a little too powerful. They have a lot of money that they stick their fingers in a lot of things. But yeah, that, that's that's my opinion. Yeah. And I think one of the things I think that would help soothe this too is that in terms of the projects, not necessarily to take them away from Google, but rather have other companies of yeah of such large significance as well, or even you know more you know more open source foundations even you know or nonprofits to also you know manage these as well. For example, you know you have Mozilla that makes the Firefox browser. I mean they are a yeah, at heart, they are a nonprofit foundation, you know, in terms of what they do, while they do have a, you know, tax-paying subsidiary um, to it as well. For the most part, you know, the whole sum of Firefox is really 
open source, but they're not. Yeah, but they're not really in it for the money. But Google is. Google is a publicly traded company. So it's like yeah. you have a difference of you know the different organizations that they are. So you know it's it's in the sense that I'm glad that Google is going the open source route, but at the same time, without any you know other large I don't know companies or organizations attached to it. You can see that easily that you know the contributions of open source contributors, you know, can really be overpowered by what Google themselves really want. Yeah, I think it, it's. Yeah, there's not really much to say there except that it's scary and that it could they they really have a big power over all the other competitors, other than maybe two or three of them. But I I, I don't know. I think they still have opinions and if they work together against it maybe there's a chance they could prevent things from happening but at the end of the day i don't really know and there's actually one thing that i would actually like to mention to you and see your thoughts about so in terms of open source for the most part as we mentioned before yeah it's relatively easy ish you know to you know, make an open source version of it assuming that you have all of the correct licenses and whatnot if you're going to do it the commercial route but amazon their a lot of their devices use what's called Fire OS, which is Amazon's operating system. But mm -hmm. the operating itself is based off of um, the Android open source project, and the uh, web browser on it is Amazon Silk, which is based off of the Coronium project. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is that Google's Open Handset Alliance that builds Android, all of the partners are actually forbidden from helping anyone who makes a fork of it who makes their own version of android without telling google they're forbidden from making they are forbidden as long as they are a member of the open handset alliance therefore a partner of google they are forbidden from helping any open source projects related to google that did not pay google a ton of money that's very unique and a weird way to control the best, I guess, programmers for those projects. It's kind of shady, my opinion, but okay. And what's interesting about this too is that, as we mentioned before, Android open source project is, well, open source. And the fact that Google like has forbid Amazon or any of these other companies, you know, large companies to, you know, essentially to use their software without using Google mobile services is really interesting because the way that am the way that Android's actually set up is that the whole sum of Android actually is the Android open source project. But anywhere that you see Google's name on it, so from Google from the Google Play Store to the whole mobile services, that's where the charge comes in. So like if Samsung were to make an Android phone, the price is not for having Android, but rather to have Google services. But oh. The thing about it is Android itself is free, but adding Google services has a very hefty price to it. But the fact that Google has a policy in place that if you don't pay their hefty Google services price, all of their partners are forbidden from helping you. That seems rather, I don't know, it seems anti-productive in the terms of it being an open source project. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's weird. I, I think it's, yeah. I don't, I don't have anything to say that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really interesting idea. And it's enough where even as Amazon's Fire OS operating okay. system has... Sorry, keep going. I, I, I think, okay, yeah, I think it's... The best way I can think of it is like having to pay 
somebody who's uh, pay someone who's famous, a famous actor, famous musician, whatever, for using their likeness, right? So it's like, oh, it, well, I mean, granted, there's there's a difference, but it's different. It, I mean, it's 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 unique, and I think that Google services really do carry most of the Android phones nowadays. I mean, but then again, they've also been using them since most people have known them, right? So, I mean, what do you think of? You think of the the App Store from Google, and you think of the Google Play Store, right? There's a Galaxy Store. There's a bunch, and then you can, you know, there's also, hey, let's go to a third-party website and download a bunch of APKs. That works too, but it's just not Google, right? It's it's a recognizable name that everybody knows. Yeah, and you know, it's almost where it's almost anti-competitive too, a little bit in a way because, you know. With Amazon, I don't think they have really any intention to brand it like with Google. I mean, because it is indeed a, yeah, as I mentioned before, open source project. It's not like Samsung that, you know, they just want the, you know, of course they have their own app store, the Galaxy store. But for the most part, they're advertising like the Google Play store and other Google services, you know, because they brand it as Android. But for Amazon... Amazon's just using the basis to, you know, to make their own operating system, which, you know, a part of it being open source is that it's per- they're perfectly in the right to do so. And, you know, but to not to have any backing or support, you know, and even to be forbidden to from any of those members, it seems, it seems almost like, like I said before, anti-competitive in the sense that others can't use, you know, your creation, but despite it, you allowing it yeah, allowing them to do so so it seems like at this rate it might as well just be a proprietary software if you know if they're not going to allow you know the competitors to you know to put in their thoughts or ideas into the software yeah i mean it's it's definitely odd because you know then it's just it's it's easily controllable by google you know it's just hey mozilla want or not mozilla um i don't know it's Opera wants to change this, and it's like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think we should let that happen, because then they can just push the developers to another project, just push to another project, or just kind of throw that thing out the window. It could really easily control that, and I'm not a fan. Yeah, and you know, not to say that you know Google intentionally wants to to do this, because I, you know, we, you know, we're observers from the outside. We really don't know what's going on at Google, but you know the. But from looking at it, though, it's just really interesting to see how this goes on. And I'm glad that at least Fire OS and other you know, similar operating systems are still able to at least continue on. Um, Fire OS is one of the few that I'm aware of at this time that are, you know, that are forks of Android that are still running without Google services. And mm-hmm. so, you know, but I think that Amazon has done a good job with developing it you know, in their own right and making it an operating system for them with Amazon's own suite of services. And so, you know, I think, you know, with allowing developers to do that, you're able to use, you know, even though it may be a common base, you're still allowing others to, you know, do their own creations and, you know, really explore what you can do with an idea. And like you said, like the likeness of it. Because, you know, while it does share the same source code, you know, and, you know, underlying, 
it's they're two different operating systems in a sense and it's interesting that they're not really treated as such yeah i i think it's it's cool though i mean both both have one open source itself is very uh not I, i'd say it's niche not, not all the people get a lot of open source things i i know of several that are good and they're popular in terms of people knowing about them but most are very very niche and people don't really know about them unless you're really a coder or you know a lot about programming so it's it's i mean as we see you know nobody nobody really we neither of us knew that android was made by the, the android wasn't made by google right it was then made upon further research we we found that out right it's just it's interesting i'm curious to see what exactly will happen if they decide to change anything or if they or if somebody wants something to change if anything will happen to them saying hey you know we shouldn't change this or hey we should uh one thing that's, that's kind of random you spoke about how google's kind of i will i gotta talk about it too google has their their finger in everything right one one thing i want to point out here is that um there's a website that has been tracking all of the projects that google has either slipped up on and failed miserably at or they just simply quit on which if you look it up it's killed by google and it's very very interesting to see because there are things that some people have heard about right so there was uh there's google hangouts there's whatever that google social media platform was that failed miserably i mean she shows you i don't know anything about it it explains a lot there's a bunch of different things oh, google play music just so much random things on here that's really interesting to hear and the social media platform was google plus that was personally my favorite yep. social media site of all times personally but that's just my opinion yeah google plus was it that was the only social media i had until it was canceled I, and i'd only made one post but you know nobody used it so yeah that's that's how it be though surprisingly my friend group actually used it quite often and really? yeah i think we were probably the only people who who did so but but yeah, it's interesting to see, you know, I guess over time, like how this joy comes to be. Because, yeah, I mentioned FireOS a bit of times, but keeping in mind that the origins of that operating system started back, you know, within the early 2010s. So in terms of, you know, current history, I'm not too sure of everything that's going to happen. I mean, I know Huawei is, has their Harmony OS operating system uh, set to debut you know, and not sometime over summer 2021. So, and it's believed to also be based off of the Android open source project. So I'm interesting I'm interested in seeing, you know, how that goes along, but, you know, but I know they're a different case altogether. That's far too difficult to explain in this episode, but nevertheless, you know, I don't know of any other recent examples besides that Microsoft is is actually adding to the Chromium project. So I'm interested in seeing, you know, if any of Microsoft's features that they put in Edge are going to start coming to Chrome soon. I hope. Yeah, I think I think that'd be cool. But then again, I mean, if it's Edge, then maybe it's specifically. It, yeah, that's another thing. Thinking about it now, actually, it kind of gives Google the absolute advantage in terms of. You know, hey, if something happens on one side that, say, Edge gets a new thing that we like, granted, normally it'll be copied within a month anyway, right? That that happens. 
But, you know, with having so much leeway in Chromium itself, you know, maybe they can just pull it really quickly and not necessarily copy the source code, but easily see how it's built and build it a lot quicker to fight against it. And that, that that's not exactly uh, the best. It's, it's anti-competitive, as you've said. Well, I think a part of that, too, is... Well, first of all, I will say that Microsoft said that they actually are contributing a bit of edge code to uh, to the Chromium projects voluntarily, you know, separate from their own edge, just because they believe that the future web browsers could actually use some of these features, which I'm really interested in seeing which features they actually are contributing. But, you know, but as you said, I don't, I don't know, it's almost like a mixed feeling where in this particular instance, I think that it can also help boost things forward where if they're contribute, if different companies are contributing to the open source version, I think it will allow us to move the web a lot quicker in the sense where as opposed to companies hogging certain features, for example, you know, Microsoft has this amazing feature in Edge, which I love where you can actually write on the screen. I personally am a big fan of that feature. I hope it goes I hope it goes far, but you know, I think in terms of certain features like that, I'd love to see on all browsers going forward. But yeah, you know, without open source projects, I think yeah, some of these features could easily just die with the web browser or whatever. I hate to say, but you know, until other companies are really able to manage it, but at at the very least with contributing it to the source code at hand mm-hmm. that at least it can become industry standard a lot quicker hmm. yeah yeah I, I agree it allows for things to become more commonplace much quicker which i, I agree i think it'd be good but yeah but uh, yeah. oh keep going sorry no that, that's it uh, uh, yeah well nevertheless like i said as, as i'm sure that we probably always say is that this is always something that is ever so changing and so with technology something can be vastly different like the next day and so mm-hmm. i don't know we we always just really have to see how this goes forward and so you know i think over time of doing these podcasts i've been keeping track of all of these various different topics and seeing how you know how they're changing over time i mean and that's i think somewhat the hard thing about you know i guess doing this is that things can literally change as soon as like tomorrow or even an hour from now so you know really seeing how this stuff progresses over time but at least this also documents you know history in the making almost mm-hmm. yeah I, I think it's cool i'm curious to see what happens though hopefully it won't be bad and hopefully it'll help further refine and make each of these programs better yeah, all we can project, prog- uh, all the open source projects that Google touches. Yeah, absolutely. Well, of course, we can always wish the best. But, you know, Carl, thank you once again so much for joining me. Always appreciate having you here. And thanks for dedicating some of your time out for this. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I really enjoy these discussions with you. Absolutely. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Stay safe, stay well, and I'll see you all later. <laughs>